0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, one game at a time. The next test looks like the test for 19th-ranked BYU football. But what if the Cougars beat
1: UCLA? Then what? David Nixon played three games against the Bruins. His key is to, to victory. And why? The line is at 17. Plus, Paul Meyerberger of USA Today Sports joins the
0: show. Why? He says Tanner Mangum is the most dangerous type of quarterback. Let's go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
0: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, September 16th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who once ate a two-year-old McDonald's french fry and lived... Jerem Jordan.
1: Not true, but it does sound like something I would have done in high school.
0: You would have done that. Like yeah. I guess. Like, hey, I'll give you twenty bucks to eat this French fry. Two,
1: two years old, man. For sub for Santa in front of the school or something stupid. Yeah. yeah, it
0: probably wouldn't hurt you that much. Like those fries don't. I, I don't know what they're cooked in, but they like they're like indestructible. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's probably against the word of wisdom. Speaking of McDonald's, shout out to Crystal City, Virginia. What is up? Oh, I see the tie. You getting that now? Yeah. So yesterday we get a tweet from one of our BYU Sports Nation members that says... From uh, at Google's... Google's McGee! Hey, you guys have dominated the TV at the McDonald's in Crystal City, Virginia for however long. For months. For months, he says. And then tweets in a picture of us on the TV at the
1: McDonald's. So if I assume the TV's on right now. So, I hope the volume's up. Hello, Crystal City, Virginia. How are you? (laughs) Give me some nugs.
0: Really cool stuff. We appreciate the tweet. We appreciate all (laughs) of you across BYU Sports Nation, wherever you are, sending in stuff like that makes our job really fun. We also had a unique situation arise on the show yesterday. Oh, my. A shout out to Sophie Caitlin Rohrer. Brand new baby. The newest member of BYU Sports Nation. Thomas Rohrer, her dad, tweeted at us yesterday and said, Hey, we're watching BYU Sports Nation, waiting for the baby to be born. In the delivery room. 10.57 a.m. Mountain Time yesterday. I'd like to point out that I guessed more than an hour
1: earlier, 10.56. That's right. That's right. The Oracle is back.
0: <laughs> we need the to, Oracle is we back. We need to find yes! the Oracle. Let's track that guy back, down. Back man. on
1: BYU Radio, there was a, a guy that we would call. Uh, called the Oracle, and he would make picks for the week, and uh, he was pretty accurate. He was kind of our bear, you know, the bear on game day? He was kind of our bear.
0: Amazingly, he sounded like Ron Burgundy a little bit.
1: <laughs> he did sound like Ron Burgundy. That Just was, a little bit. Yeah.
0: Anyway, pretty cool stuff. Congratulations to the Thomas Rohrer family and the newest member Very of BYU cool. Sports Nation, Sophie Caitlin, we, who is now one day
1: old. They joked that Mary was ruled out given the last two weeks. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: Bucin. That's what we were hoping they'd name him or her. Bucin.
0: Hopefully you watched the newest episode of Inside BYU Football last night. If not, good Mm. news. Replay coming up next, immediately following BYU Sports Nation. Boise State week. Incredible coverage of what happened in that game. So many good angles. Epic music. It's really good stuff.
1: It's the first home game, so you kind of see what went into, you know, the Lavelle Edwards Stadium experience. Running out, uh, the reaction, obviously, to those plays. So, yet again, Inside BYU Football delivers. Check it out right after BYU Sports Nation at 1 Eastern time.
0: Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. There are now five, count them, five ranked teams on campus in the top 25 football, 19th, Women's volleyball ninth, men's cross country fourteenth, and women's cross country twenty fourth. But there's one more, Jaron. And women's
1: soccer is number eight. They went from five to eight after winning. What? In the newest NSCAA poll, the Cougars host, Oregon State, Thursday night, nine Eastern on Bureau TV. That's amazing. We're, we we've been asking athletics, um, has this happened before? Have five teams in the fall been ranked at the same time? It's pretty notable. I don't Nationally, does anyone else have that? I don't know the answer to that. I highly doubt it. Big D, Dan 11, jump on that one.
0: Team USA continues to shred in the FIVB World Cup in Japan. Taylor Sander had six kills, four aces, and a couple of blocks in a sweep of Venezuela yesterday.
1: And Tanner Mangum received a Heisman vote in the ESPN's experts poll on ESPN.com. Twelve players noted Mangum got a vote. And that's the third mention of Heisman and his name in the same sentence this week. It's early! Enjoy the moment. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. And now an expert. And my Heisman poll. He got all the votes. That's at crazy. SPN, An unbiased poll. Perfect way to rise and shout. Ah! It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU
0: Sports Nation. One game at a time. I think that UCLA is a
2: really, really big task for them. This is this is a really good team. Probably the most talented team BYU's going to play. I'm not saying that winning's out of the question down there. I just think this is the most difficult of the first four.
0: College football insider Blaine Fowler in Studio B yesterday making it very clear he thinks UCLA will be the best team on BYU's schedule in 2015. And there are reasons for that. Like NFL caliber talent on the Bruins' sideline. Matt Stevens as a radio analyst for the Bruins. He told us a few weeks back Just how many NFL guys he thinks will take the field for UCLA this season.
3: But I think this is Jim Moore's best team. I mean, you said 18 returning starters. That would be
2: good for an NFL team. And NFL teams don't have guys that graduate every year. I'm seeing about eight, nine guys drafted in the NFL.
1: Wow. Eight or nine? That's a huge number.
0: Considering BYU did not have a guy drafted
1: last year. I didn't know UCLA was all of a sudden Ohio State. I didn't I didn't realize that. We'll see. Eight or nine, eh, if you get five or six, that's a huge number. The Rose
0: Bowl will feature a top 20 matchup on Saturday night. How about that? The 19th-ranked BYU Cougars visit number 10 UCLA. Okay, how many of you across BYU Sports Nation? Raise, raise your hand. Before the season started, thought this would be a top 20 matchup in week three of the college football season. Not me. You're lying if you're raising your hand. <laughs> Bill Connolly of SB Nation released an article this morning that features his support of BYU's playoff push as an independent. Yep, he went there. And the what? odds of what? BYU going 12-0. and 0. Hmm. Okay. Number one, settle down, Bill. Two, right now it's <laughs> less than a 1% chance. But Jerem, what if? BYU beats UCLA. Dwell on that and answer today's Twitter
1: question. If BYU beats UCLA, then what? Use the hashtag BYUSN, okay? At Justin Thornton. My wife will be happy because that means one more week without a grumpy husband, one week at a time in my house. That's a real thing with people because BYU football influences the mood throughout the week, right? Everyone's feeling pretty good right now. Feeling pretty good. Here's here's my opinion of this, and use the hashtag BYUSN to win. Then anything is possible for BYU this season. Now, they would still have nine games to play. But the toughest game on BYU's schedule, by far, is UCLA. If the Cougars can win this game, it's going it to get crazy. What about Missouri? That, that's a tough game, too. But it's not as hard as this game. I agree.
0: Missouri struggled with Arkansas State.
1: Now, BYU lost to a team that lost Arkansas State last season. Truth. Utah State. So I, w- I wouldn't look into that too much, and there's a long time between then and now. And remember, both teams sustain injuries throughout a season. It's a normal, regular thing. It's going to happen, you know? So you, ju- you just have to be careful. You look at Notre Dame, for example. Oh, college football playoff. They looked fantastic in week one against Texas. Boom. Malik Zaire hurt. They're not going to the playoffs. They survive anymore. Virginia. They might. They might, but probably not, right? They have a freshman quarterback as well. So there's a lot that has to happen. But if BYU beats UCLA... Anything is possible this season. I'm not willing to start talking about what that means quite yet. I would need BYU to go 4-0 in September before I even broach the subject. I'm not even saying uh, the word that rhymes with schmleyoff. Sh- <laughs> that's way out there, man. That's too, that's too much for me right now.
0: But seriously, how many people, I don't care if you're a BYU fan or not, looked at this schedule and when Taysom Hill goes down in the second quarter of that Nebraska game, think,
1: yeah, I could see BYU going 3-0. and I don't know that there are that many people thinking that right now, even at 2-0. Well, clearly, That's why the line clearly, is at 17. 17
0: Holy points. Holy mackerel.
1: For, the, for another ranked team, 17? The odds makers clearly
0: are not buying what BYU is selling right now as a 2-0 and team ranked 19th in the country.
1: No way. They're, BYU fans are buying it. I, anybody not, else? Is anybody else? If it was a home game, I think, that, I think that line would be in single digits. But because it's at UCLA. And there will be a lot of BYU fans there. I was there. My, my first ever BYU football game. I was seven years old. Went in 1991 to Ty Detmer's senior year, BYU lost at UCLA. In 07, I went. We'll talk to David Nixon coming up. He, he played the Bruins. Bruins three times during his career. That was Max Hall's second start, and he lost by 10, a good competitive game that BYU probably should have been in a little more. It was an amazing environment. There were 20,000, 25,000 BYU fans in, I believe, the north end zone. It was wild. I think there will be equal to or more this week because BYU fans are jazzed. But so are UCLA fans. They're 10 right now. They're feeling good, too. The Californians. <laughs> That's one of the best Saturday Night Live skits out there. <laughs> Take the 405 to the 10 down to the...
0: This goes up, Devin. Perennially, <laughs> UCLA is, when you look at where they start and where they finish, this is just statistics looking at the rankings. Perennially, UCLA is one of the overrated teams in college football. They start in the top 25 in the last 20 years. I think they've started in the top 25 six or seven times and finish unranked. But Matt Stevens just told us he thinks this is the best team that Jim Mora has since he's been at the helm.
1: Now, now here's the scary thing. They returned all those starters, right? What was it, 18 or something? 18. 18 starters. And then the biggest question mark was quarterback, and Josh Rosen has been good. Chosen Rosen, another true freshman, has been good. There are, t- there are 25 teams ranked. Only three have true freshmen at quarterback, and two are matching up this week. That's one of the huge storylines going into this game.
0: I believe it was Dennis Dodd that said, "True freshman quarterbacks matching up at UCLA—the shizzle is about to get real." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just said that on BYU TV. <laughs> I was,
0: hey, Dennis Dodd, man. There's nothing wrong with um, that.
1: The last time that UCLA went to the Rose Bowl, '99. It's been a while. Before that, 94. They've been in a drought.
0: UCLA's been in a drought from having not played in a big-time power football bowl game.
1: And that means conference championships, right? UCLA is a really good team. They might be in the playoff. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that a true freshman can take you to the playoff.
0: BYU has had their opportunities in the Rose Bowl before. And it's been a tough place for the Cougars to go and get a win. That brings us to our stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has one win versus UCLA in the Rose Bowl. It was 1983. It was Steve Young. It was Gordon Hudson. And that was a good win for BYU. Since then, BYU has lost games in, I believe it was uh, 93-07. And there was another one in there that I'm forgetting. Uh, 91. The one that my, my first BYU football game with tied How
0: could you forget that?
1: So, Young won. Detmer lost... I don't know who the Q was in 93. Was it Walsh? Uh, and then 07, Max Hall. It lost. was John Walsh. So it's, it's a tough game to win. Now Tanner Mangum's third start is against a good UCLA team. And we're just throwing out hypotheticals. If BYU beats UCLA, then what? Obviously, BYU has to go and win that. But if BYU does, it's going to get crazy. It already is crazy right now.
0: Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation if BYU beats UCLA, then, well, let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. <laughs> Conversation happening right now on Twitter. BYUSN is the hashtag. At Paul Charrington says, then we play Michigan next. Looking beyond that is silly and premature. I agree.
1: Well, we're, we're a talk show and it's a Wednesday. So that's, it's not that silly and premature for us. <laughs> that's, my, that's my argument on I that. I
0: feel that way, though, because UCLA the is the toughest opponent. Like If BYU beats UCLA, then it's like, okay,
1: what can't this team do? That's exactly right. By the way, Tanner Mangum's going to be on the Jim Rome show today. How about Big that? Time. Big Rome
0: time. loves him some Taysom Hill. He was on BYU Sports Nation first, but whatever. That he was. First extended interview. Well done, Jerem. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Paul Meyerberg of USA Today joining us. What does he think about Tanner Mangum? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag
1: BYUSN. If you missed Inside BYU Football last night or you want to watch it again, it's coming up next at 1 Eastern time right after BYU Sports Nation. There's a moment where Guy
0: Holiday, the receivers coach, says, look, there are only so many times we can throw the ball up and hope that somebody
1: catches it. We've we've got to do something else. I really enjoyed uh, the pregame montage of players getting ready. You can hear the music in the background. And then you hear this. Someone's just yelling the whole time. Yeah, let's go. It's Mark Otoia. He's the best man. The hype man.
0: (laughs) The running backs coach is the (laughs) hype guy. Joining BYU Sports Nation right now via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Paul Meyerberg, college football writer and insider from USA Today. Paul, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
3: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.:
0: I would like to read an excerpt from the article you released on Sunday, and it is as follows: quote: "The growing legend of Tanner Mangum is being written live for three hours every Saturday, and its most charming aspect is this: He doesn't know any better than to apologize with a smile and a laugh." on the tail end of another miracle. Paul, have you ever, in your experience covering college football, seen anything close to this?
3: No. and That's the easiest answer I can give is no. I mean, I (laughs) I racked my brain on Saturday night as I was thinking about how I would write this and what I'd write about Tanner Mangum if I'd ever seen anything like it. I've seen Hail Marys. I've seen desperation heaves. I've seen fourth-quarter touchdowns. You know, I've seen Jameis Winston throw to Kelvin Benjamin to win the national championship with seconds left, but I've never seen anything quite like this. And there's just every moment is, is, and my advice, and I've, and I've kind of said this before, I think that my advice is, I said it to Mangum after the game, I was just like, I hope every game that you have the rest of your career is this much fun, win or lose. Just try to enjoy this, because it can't last, because this kind of magical stuff can't last. It's just, it's just how life and how sports go, but it has been nothing short of magical. It really hasn't.
1: We've gotten to know Tanner as he's become the BYU quarterback. And of course, it's a thing now. You've got to get to know the backup at BYU, I guess, because he plays uh, every year now, unfortunately. But Tanner Megum uh, is an interesting cat. What surprised you about uh, him when you met him?
3: Um, and nothing really surprised me. I mean, I knew that he was going to be a little more mature than your typical freshman. I mean, he is 22, so um, I wasn't totally surprised by his composure or, you know, just how smart he came off or just how confident he seemed. I think. Not knowing anything, I imagine that the f- the years that he's had away from football, doing his mission, has kind of matured him at a faster rate. I mean, me at 22 was, you know, not anywhere close to Tanner Mangum at 22. So I imagine that he's a little more advanced just in terms of his maturity level. But what Mendenhall told me after the game is that this kind of this is who he was at 18. He remembers going into his house and recruiting him, and he called it the home of excellence, and that the family was kind of not in this like, you know, quarterback dad way or in that Monday morning way, but just kind of stressing perfection in a very happy way and in a, in a positive way. So I think this is just who he is. I know he seems mature, but I think he's just a mature guy going back to when he was 18. Um, obviously, he's enjoying it. I mean, that was, I was not surprised to see that he was having the time of his life, and I would think deservedly so.
0: Paul Meyerberg of USA Today joining us on BYU Sports Nation. In conversations you're having right now with colleagues and other national. Writers and analysts, Paul, are people buying into BYU, or do they think this is just a fluke?
3: Um, I'm buying into it because I've seen it. I can't say if everyone's doing the same. I don't. I don't really think that BYU is going to beat UCLA on Saturday. I think UCLA is a really, really good football team. I, you know, it's funny. I looked at the line, or I think I overheard the line when I was driving to the airport on Monday, and it's like 18 or 17, whatever it is. That's a little high, and I think that's. And I hate to. I'll leave it to the coaches to play the disrespect card, but I think that's a little high considering the teams that BYU has defeated so far. I think Nebraska's going to end up winning. Um, I think they'll end up winning the Big Ten West. I think Boise is an elite football team, so I think that's not totally in line with what I think of BYU as a team. But yeah, I think you need to team. I think you need to see what they've done to truly grasp, you know, what kind of a team this is. And I was lucky enough to see that on Saturday night.
1: It's a Wednesday, and we're a sports talk show, so we went hypothetical today on our Twitter question. If BYU beats UCLA, then what? What do you think, Paul?
3: Well, if they beat UCLA, A, what, we're just, what we just spoke about kind of gets realized, and that it's not just, like, credibility, but people start talking about BYU. And, and I, I know that that's kind of been the program and the school's goal since they went independence was to get people talking about BYU to get on the national radar that's the win that puts BYU on the national radar. So you think about that. I mean, that's that's an immediate kind of positive, and you really can't overstate that. But I was thinking about it after the game on Saturday. If they beat UCLA, I think Michigan's better a better football team than they were last week. They'll be a better team at the end of September than they'll be this week. That's a tough game. But you look down the line, you beat UCLA, which I think is a really tall order. You go into Michigan and you beat a Michigan team that is flawed but still plays very hard. I mean, you're leaving yourself up, like if you're BYU, you're in a position where you start dreaming big a little bit. So I know there's that game against Missouri, uh, Utah State's a really good team, but you start thinking big. So I think that's the immediate thing is that you beat UCLA and then those kind of things that are only hushed and whispered about on message boards and when you're having, you know, your your morning breakfast at the diner, that becomes a reality because you can start dreaming about a situation where this team could be 10-0, 9-0 going into Missouri and maybe thinking about, you know, I don't want to say it, but you know what we're thinking about.
1: <laughs> I was the same way in the uh, first segment. I was like, "Hey, let's get through September and just see what happens." You know.
3: Yeah, no, we don't want to don't we don't want to say those three letters yet. But uh, you know, they're, remember they're in the alphabet, and you can start thinking about it if you beat UCLA.
0: Follow him on Twitter at Paul Meyerberg, USA Today College Football Writer. Paul Meyerberg with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars jumped eight spots in the AP poll. They were two out at twenty-seven. Now they're number nineteen. Some people think that's high. Other fans that wear really blue goggles think it's not high enough for BYU. Paul, where would you rank BYU right now?
3: Yeah, I got I got them in the same range. Um, I think the only good thing that they did this week is that, and I'm not just saying, I'm only saying this because they're, they're rivals, not because I'm like catering or pandering, but it is right that they're ahead of Utah. I mean, the Utah, has. I saw them on Friday night, I didn't think they looked that good against Utah State. But I think 19... To 17, I think my top 25, I think they're 18 BYU, which I think is fair. As long as they're ahead of Boise State and obviously ahead of Nebraska, um, everything is right in the world. But, um, yeah, I think, again, to look ahead, you beat UCLA, you're looking I'd have him probably between 12 and 9. Wow. Because I think that's that's the kind of win. If, well, look, UCLA, like, they've got their own freshman QB, and uh, – I saw him play last summer, and I came away from watching him throw for three days thinking that's the greatest young quarterback I've ever seen, ever. Yeah, and I mean that, and he's lived up to it so far. Um, So you beat that team. Their only weak link is a true freshman quarterback who's the greatest young quarterback that my eyes have ever seen. That's that's a really good football team. So you win that game 12-9. I think that's only fair. Then from there, you know, you won't have any marquee wins until Missouri if you're BYU, but you just start to win by attrition. If you stay undefeated, you eventually, as a team, start to move up in the polls.
1: So Josh Rosen, uh, you know, chosen Rosen, Matt Stevens, the uh, analyst uh, for UCLA who actually crushed BYU in 85 as a player, has said that he's Troy Aikman-esque. Um, what is it about Rosen when you saw him play that makes him, you know, the best young quarterback you had ever seen?
3: Uh, it's funny. I don't, I don't know um, if I – said this last summer, but I I remember thinking, man, this kid looks like Troy Aikman. And I think it's the build. Mm. I think it's the almost perfect technique. It's the perfect, it's the muscle memory that it's all, it's, it's, he just everything from snap to delivery is perfect and it's replicable. And he just does it over and over again. He's like, he was made in the lab um, as a quarterback and you just made him to play quarterback. It's all he's meant to do. And you know, it's, it's, Ability beyond his years, I think, and not just the arm. Because you see, Tanner's got that arm. I mean, the throw that he made on the third play of the game against Boise State kind of like, you know, just rocked me. That throw was unbelievable. Yeah. So he has the arm. I think Rosen just has the perfection, in a sense. I'm not saying he's perfect, but in terms of what you'd want a quarterback to be at this age or almost at any age in college, he has that. So, you know, you start at that with the baseline and you give him, you know, a good coach and Mora, a really good offensive coordinator in Mazzoni. Um, you sense the possibilities are almost limitless. So, I mean, here's the thing, though. Just like Mangum, he's due to have his freshman Saturday. Um, one of those QBs on Saturday probably is going to have that first kind of sour moment. It's, well, Mangum has thrown picks, but maybe for Rosen it's a pick six, maybe it's some pressure because BYU was able to get pressure on Saturday night. You know, you expect him to get rattled. I don't think he's going to get shell-shocked, but there is going to be times when he plays like a freshman it might be on Saturday.
0: Top 20 matchup in the Rose Bowl this Saturday night. We are talking with Paul Meyerberg of USA Today Sports. We anticipate that it will be an electric atmosphere in Southern California. But I want to talk about what you experienced at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last Saturday night, Paul, in the out at LES. What, what makes BYU unique, unique compared to some of the other venues that you have watched
3: college football in? Well, it is beautiful. And I was, I was told about this going to the game um, before I went to Utah. So my first trip to both that and Rice-Eccles. And I said, oh, man, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And I was at the Utah game, and I took a picture. And I said, oh, this is beautiful. And the guy was like, well, wait till you get to Provo Saturday night. And it is a beautiful scene. I mean, it's like the, the, the mountains are right on top of you. So that is a memorable just venue, period. But on the field before the game, and I know the Boise State coaches pretty well. So I was hanging out with them, and we were chatting and laughing and, and yada, yada, yada. And – As BYU came on the field, and these are punters, and these are backup quarterbacks, and offensive linemen going through drills, it was such a steady roar. And I think in that back corner on the BYU side is the student section. It was all white kind of in that uh, by the end zone. Yep. And it was super loud. And it was a really, I think the coaches knew, Boise State coaches knew getting in, that it wasn't just going to be 60 minutes of physical play. It was going to be 60 minutes of kind of, of noise. And if you're a team, even if you're a Boise State team that has kind of embraced going on the road and being an underdog, uh, they knew going in it was going to be tough. And I think the, the the crowd, especially in the fourth quarter, was a huge advantage. I mean, you talk about those guys going down twenty-eight twenty-four with a minute left, deep inside their own deep inside their own territory. You almost knew with those guys, those fans on their back, that Boise State was not going to do anything. So, you know. I've heard that's a great home environment, lived up to every expectation. I think it's something clearly, you know, is an asset for BYU, as it is for a lot of great programs across the country.
1: Paul, is it weird that Taysom Hill is not a storyline anymore? (laughs) Like two weeks later, all of a sudden, it's like no mentions of him and no effect because BYU's won these games?
3: I know. It is kind of weird, right? I mean, for those three days after he got hurt, it was just, you know, heartfelt, you know, Get better, Taysom, all that stuff. I don't think for a moment he's forgotten within the fan base, and I right. know he's not forgotten within that locker room. I remember talking to Mangum after the game, and he spoke about what Taysom Hill meant to him. know, it's funny, in that kind of bigger press conference, someone asked Tanner, uh, you know, did you notice when they put up the placards for Taysom at the at – the, I guess it was the start of the fourth quarter, at some yes. point in the fourth quarter um, – and the kind of like the, the traditional response from any player, particularly a quarterback, is, no, 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 I was I was really focused on the game. You know, fans say a lot of things, but I'm so focused on the game. I'm just yada, yada. And he was like, no, I saw it. And, you know, he kind of implied that had an impact on him. So I think Taysom Hill, even if he's not today around the program, clearly he's not going to play the rest of the year inside the locker room. He's, he's a key, key, key figure, especially for Tanner Mangum, who – you know, you go back, his only experience on campus playing football before June was as a freshman in spring football when him and, and uh, Taysom were both freshmen. I know Taysom was a little older, but, you know, those guys were uh, together then, and, and just like, you know, four years ago, I imagine Taysom Hill is going to be a resource for Tanner right now.
0: Paul, great stuff, I hope, and so do many BYU fans, that the Cougars are still one of your headline topics as a writer at USA Today Sports come mid-October.
3: Well, I'll be at the game on Saturday, so, uh, BYU wins, then I'll be 2-0 in attendance, and this may need to become, you know, uh, a normal thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will do that for sure. Paul, thanks for the time.
3: You got it, guys. Talk to you again soon.
0: Paul Meyerberg on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: If you missed his article, it focuses on Tanner Mangum's. really good. Um, I'll tweet that out during the break. But, good, yeah, good stuff, good perspective. A guy that covers nationally and BYU getting some love. And he, like most people, we'll talk to David Nixon coming up. It's going to be a tall task to beat UCLA, but the Cougars have a shot. But if BYU does it, he said they would
0: then be between 9th and 12th in the country.
1: It'd wow. get crazy, I'm telling you. If they won, BYU, get a top
0: 10 team, the freshman quarterback after three weeks? Ain't nobody thinking about that.
1: The true freshman battle, man.
0: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, David Nixon tells us what it's like to play against UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Welcome back sports friends Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: We started this last week. It continues through this week. uh, The official BYU Sports Nation Twitter swag contest. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and send us your best game face on game day. On Twitter, okay? You have a chance to win BYU Sports Nation swag and a Lavelle Edwards signed football. Check it out.
0: Jerem's hair qualifies him to win that contest.
1: No. I'm, oh, I'm being told that you don't. Oh. I don't okay. want anything to do with that All because right. I want the fans to have a shot at this. It can't just be about me and my stupid hair.
0: You can't beat that. You can't beat the curl on the back. It's so bad. Oh, man. I the love curl's
1: it. fine. It's the sides that are getting me. It's clown. <laughs> Clown question, bro. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. There are now
0: five ranked teams on campus at Brigham Young University ranked in the top 25. Football, 19th. Women's volleyball, 9th. Men's cross country, 14th. Women's cross country, 24th. And BYU women's soccer, number 8.
1: Women's soccer dropped three spots, by the way, from 5 to 8. In the latest NSCA poll, the Cougars host, Oregon State, Thursday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV.
0: Team USA Volleyball continues to shred it in the FIVB World Cup in Japan. Taylor Sander had six kills, four aces, and two blocks in a sweep of Venezuela yesterday.
1: And Tanner Mangum received the Heisman vote in ESPN's experts poll on ESPN.com. Just one vote, but he's one of 12 players mentioned.
0: Joining us now via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is former BYU standout linebacker, four year NFL veteran, and BYU TV college football insider David Nixon. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, always great to be on. Our Twitter question today is kind of a fill in the blank situation. If
2: BYU beats UCLA, then what? Ugh, then I lose my mind again. <laughs> um, listen, I, 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 you know. Obviously, everyone kind of has BYU, including the Vegas lines, has BYU just getting blown out in this game. I, I don't think that's the case by any means. Um, I think BYU makes this very competitive. But if they can go into the Rose Bowl uh, against a great Pac-12 team, who might be the top of the Pac-12 this year, uh, you know, I, I think I really do lose my mind. I, I think that just sets them up. I think you know then they go on the road to Michigan and they just keep rolling from there. So this is a huge game for BYU. I think a lot of people are written them off, but I think Cougar Nation, seeing what they've seen the last few weeks, they realize. Obviously, anything can happen.
1: Yeah, BYU's ranked 19th, maybe a little overrated. BYU's a ranked team. I think they deserve that after those two wins. The way in which they've done it has been miraculous. I don't think that BYU uh, will, can rely on that kind of miracle you know, to win every game, per se. So what are maybe some of the keys to the game for you, to be, for BYU to beat UCLA?
2: Well, I I think it comes down to BYU's defense. Can they stop this Josh Rosen passing attack? You know, you look at last week against UNLV, uh, they they ran 98 plays. So, BYU's been used to this whole go fast, go hard. Well, 98 plays is go very fast and go very hard uh, by this UCLA offense. So, I think BYU's defense will have their hands full. I think they're well-conditioned. We have heard Manel Pakula this week talking about how how well they feel going into that fourth quarter and how well-conditioned they've been. Um, So, I think that's a plus for them. I think they'll be ready. Um, But it really comes down to that passing. Attack can BYU step up? Can this secondary that's gone through injuries and suspensions can they mesh together? And, and can these younger guys, you know, Hadley can he get back on track? Um, Handeman can he continue to improve? So there's a lot of question marks, uh, you know, on, on the defensive back end. Um, but we've seen great production from that BYU you know front seven, uh, especially Brozka Cafusi. I mean, you go back and watch that Boise State film. He was everywhere. Tackles for losses. He was dominating the tackles. Um, you know, his pass rushing moves. Everything's improved this senior. Year year. I think it all goes back to him being able to put his hand back down in the dirt and and do what he loves to do best and that's rush the passer. Um, But even then, he's been very stout. So the defensively, it comes down to the passing attack. But, uh, you know, I'm confident with, with what we saw last week. What we saw against Nebraska, the blitzing, the schemes, everything uh, has been, I think, better under Coach Mendenhall uh, this season. And, and I think it will only continue to prove going into UCLA.
0: Follow him at D underscore Nixon on the Twitter machine. David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Earlier you brought up the odds makers line. BYU right now a 17-point underdog. <laughs> Against UCLA, David, where would you put the line for Saturday?
2: Hey, which is incredible. I think it started out at fifteen and a half, which means people continue to bet on UCLA, which makes it even more a, a bigger slap to the face. Um, I, you know, if I were, you know, setting it, I'd probably put it around ten. I still think BYU covers. I, I still think BYU um, can go in there and upset UCLA. But I mean, seventeen to, with a with a ranked team, I think is is pretty absurd. But that's what the market's bearing right now, so um, you know that, that's what they're going with. But I, I think uh, BYU on the road, obviously, you know BYU's been in a big environment. They went to Nebraska, playing in front of 90,000 fans, and they'll have the same type of of atmosphere. But I think at UCLA, I look back to my 2000, 2007 year when we played at UCLA, the entire end zone was BYU fans. I'm talking 25,000 fans were there uh, to watch us play for BYU. The whole thing was blue, and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I think the same type of crowd, now that BYU is 2-0 ranked, will come out and grow for this game as well. And I think you'll see, uh, you know, it'll be obviously more friendly towards UCLA, but I think you'll see a healthy dosage of BYU fans.
1: I was at that game as well on the sideline, Mm -hmm. and I remember being shocked by the influence that that crowd had on the game. And I think that this week, BYU fans are super jazzed in that situation when you played. That was Max Hall's second start. BYU was 1-0, had just beaten Arizona. It's kind of a different situation. I think BYU fans are excited, and the Southern California contingent will bring it. What's it like to play in one of the most storied uh, facilities in college football, the Rose Bowl, David? Oh, It's,
2: it's absolutely awesome. I, and and you, you, as a player, you try to be in awe on the fact that this is cool. You recognize the history, but you don't only get too caught up in it because then you're almost like getting mind psyched by, by going to an opponent's stadium. But I, I remember when we went there, the Rose Bowl had just been renovated uh, because I think they were trying to get a bid for the future Olympics. or They were trying to get some bid, and so all the locker rooms were just pristine. I mean, NFL nice um, locker rooms. Then you walk out on the field. The field is different from BYU's grass and the grass here in Utah, but it's kind of like the, uh, like a putting grade type grass. And you're just sitting there like, man, this is, this is big time you've watched tons of bowl games and tons of national championships we played on this field, the history there, um, and you soak it all in, but then you realize, look, it, at the end of the day, it's just a field and it's just a stadium. We've got to go, go out there and play a game. So um, no question there's a lot that goes into it, but at the end of the day, it is just another field, and you're lining up against another opponent and uh, trying to go hit that quarterback as hard as you can.
0: BYU TV <laughs> College Football Insider David Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. We already gave you the Twitter question, which is, if BYU beats UCLA, then what? But I want to take it one step further. What would happen to your expectations for this BYU team if, and I know it's an enormous if, they go 3-0 and after beating UCLA?
2: Oh, man. I mean, then you go to a team in Michigan that a lot of people have started to kind of say they're struggling this year. Um, you know, they bounced back last week, uh, obviously after the first loss week to, uh, to, to Utah. But, um, you know, the schedule for BYU then lightens up until you really go to Missouri. That's a neutral field, but basically call that Missouri. Um, and so really the sky becomes the limit. And, and then you start getting the conversation that Boise State's in every year is the non-P5, the, the, the highest-ranked you know, ranked non-P5 to get into one of these. New Year's Day Bowls, uh, which is Obviously, what all BYU fans want—they they, they want to continue to remain relevant and stay in that conversation—and and BYU set up the schedule this year that if they can do uh, what they're currently doing, and that's just winning, uh, then they'll be set up very nicely for for a big-time bowl at the end of the year. So, um, the sky's really the limit. I, you know, if, if you can get through this gauntlet, especially these first three games, which they've already done two and zero, if they can get through UCLA and then have that confidence and carry that into Michigan and go four and zero in September, I mean that's uh, uh, it's, that's huge, absolutely huge, especially with all the losses, with Tui Loma going down, with the suspensions of Nukua uh, and Takitaki, Taki, and, of course, the biggest one with, with Taysom going down, Going 4-0 with that schedule and with those injuries and suspensions would be absolutely remarkable.
1: And that'd be wild, David. You played in three games against UCLA. There was a, two games in '07, of course, the Manu Malaguna block in the Vegas bowl at the end of that season, and then the 59 to nothing drubbing at, in Provo is the last game. What what was it like to play UCLA three times in what felt like you know a little less than a year, Ren? Right?
2: Yeah, it was. I think it was like 12 or 13 months. Um, it was it, actually we kind of got sick of them to be honest. <laughs> <the third time. laughs> like I uh, was playing them again. You know, the first very time we were at the Rose Bowl, and uh, like we just talked about and it was, it was awesome. And then we you know, we lost a close game there, had some turnovers late. Um, that kind of got it out of a little hand. But then we go play them in the bowl game. So, of course, we're excited to get the rematch. Um, and we go and block the, the, the easy chip shot field goal to win that one and, and end the season on a high note. And then we meet in the very next season at home. And I'm telling you, it was amazing. 59 nothing. I think I stopped playing after like the third quarter and just was on the sideline just relishing and just soaking it all in. Um, and and it was – I think the the fashion of that at home, it was one of those games where UCLA couldn't do anything right. I mean, I think they were fumbling kickoffs off their face mask, and we were covering on like the five-yard line scoring. And it was just a ton of turnovers. And then defensively, obviously we shut out UCLA, which was something we hung our head on. And we shut out Wyoming, I think, the week before so yeah. or the week after. So it was back-to-back shutouts. And we were riding high, but uh you know, it, it's it's always fun to play a Pac twelve team. And it doesn't matter if it's a down year for them and or an up year for a Pac twelve, just to play a Pac twelve and and kind of especially with Utah being the Pac twelve, kinda of shove that in their face that hey, we, we obviously could hang with this with this conference if, if if we were in it. Um and and just playing on that high level and, and, and playing against those guys. So um I, I know the guys gotta be excited about this week first Pac twelve. You know, opponent for them this year, um, and uh, you know, going at that. So should should be a great game. I'm obviously static about it. I mean, you couldn't ask for better storylines with both teams being ranked and the, the hype kind of leaned into it.
0: David, we'll finish with this question. Right now, after two games watching BYU, and you have done After Further Review and you've seen the film, you talk to the players and coaches, what is the biggest concern you have right now for the 19th-ranked BYU football team?
2: that's a good question. I, I think more than anything, it's just consistency at this point. We saw, we've seen glimpses of, of greatness on both sides of the ball, uh, and we've seen both sides struggle, so I think it's consistency and, and, and just getting all parts working together. We saw the run game finally come about in the second half last week uh, against Boise State, You know, and, and the passing game has been here and there. We saw it explode, really, against Nebraska with, with uh, you a know, few receivers over 100 yards, so um, just having all parts of it come together, and I think that's, you know, now you get the first kind of few games out of your way. You got the jitters out of your way. Now, these young guys that are freshmen have now played. They have some experience underneath their belts, so there's no more, hey, I'm a true freshman. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, that, that excuse is now over. You've got everyone kind of on the same page, and now the question is, can you put a complete game? And frankly, they're going to have to put a complete game together against UCLA because this is too good of a team uh, to go in there and only have just a running game or just a passing game working, or defensively just being able to stop the run and not the pass. So they've got to make sure they're all on the, page, all the same page this week. And if they are, I, I legitimately think BYU has a great shot at going in there and upsetting the Bruins, uh, but they, they've got to be clicking on all cylinders.
0: David, we'll let you get back to your real job on the golf course now.
2: <laughs> there you go. Appreciate it. i got to head out in this nice <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Thanks, David. <laughs> Take care.
0: David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question today, if BYU beats UCLA, then what? At Paul underscore NH says... If BYU beats UCLA P5 expansion talk jumps, maybe Big Ten and SEC enter discussion? Okay, slow down.
1: See, this is why winning matters, but it doesn't matter that much in the expansion conversation. BYU's not being discussed. Just stay relevant, man. Just keep winning. Up next, BYU women's volleyball McKenna Santiago on the
0: show. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, fear not. the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: And if you missed Inside BYU Football last night or you want to watch it again, it's that good. Check it, up, uh, check it out right, right after the show. Inside BYU football coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time. What went into the Boise State week? What went into Tanner Mangum's first start? The celebration in the locker room? The reaction? The fans storming the field? It was a fun night. It was a fun night. And again, you get access to the locker room, to the meeting rooms, to the sideline, to places you haven't been before. Inside BYU football is coming up next on BYU TV.
0: Joining BYU Sports Nation now, live in Studio B, is McKenna Santiago of the ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball team. McKenna, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank
4: you. Thanks for having me.
0: You were kind of the social media expert of the (laughs) volleyball team, and I believe you were the one that took the video of the team watching BYU beat Nebraska, correct? Yes, yep. What prompted you to do that?
4: Oh, I feel like I'm on Snapchat all the time anyway. So I just had it up. I knew something good was going to happen. It's either going to be devastating or a miracle. So took out my phone, started videoing, and we went a little wild. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that we was after what match? Purdue?
4: That was or after, no. Arkansas? Arkansas, Pine, Pine Bluff? Bluff. Yeah.
1: We can just call them Arkansas. Yeah. It's a nice win over an <laughs> SEC team. Um, yeah. Your reaction was similar to what everyone else was like. So, so you guys had a match Saturday against Oregon State yes. before the football game. You yeah. still had a decent crowd, or what was that like? Because yeah, obviously uh, people yeah. migrate.
4: No, I was actually surprised. I thought it for sure would mostly be family members, but we actually had tons of people. Not a lot of student section, which I can absolutely understand, You know, be there for the football game, but we had a good amount of people there.
1: And then did yeah. you get to go to the game, or did you go yeah. home the show? Okay. Yeah,
4: so I was with Hannah Clark on the soccer team. We They had their game as well. So we walked over after our game from the field house, and – I looked at my phone and we were already up 7-0. I'm like, there's still 14 minutes left in the first quarter. So we missed the, the first drive, but we were there for most of it. You
0: saw what mattered most. Yes.
4: The ending. The end of the. the Did you storm the field
1: with everyone else? No,
4: we were front row, but there was this cute little security guard in front of us. It's girl, and she was like, yeah. she's looking at. like, "Don't hurt me!" I'm like, Tell <laughs> Tell don't worry. Uh, I'm like, "You're not going to stop anyone, but <laughs> but we're not going to hurt You're you." Like, so. If you
1: let me on the field, then yeah. we're cool, right? Okay, all lives yeah. matter, even exactly. yes. cute little security cute guards. You, you security gotta love. Guards. You gotta love the ushers at Lavelleva Stadium in the yeah. orange vest. They fresh off of the mountain hunting elk or something, <laughs> trying to control the masses. For sure,
0: McKenna yep. Santiago of ninth-ranked BYU Women's Volleyball with us in Studio B. Another solid start to the season after a magical year last year that we chronicled in depth on BYU Sports Nation. You went to the National Championship match. What's allowed you to pick up where you left off last season and continue to play well this season?
4: Um, I think we're just, we know what we want to do. We're really like solid in knowing what our goals are. I think we have a lot of returners that um, have stepped up and been leaders. So, we just feel confident in ourselves. We know what we want to do. We know that we can do it. So I think we're just, yeah, confident.
1: So last Wednesday, Spencer calls the match against Idaho State. We're both like, we're out of here at like 8.30. <laughs> They're going to sweep them. It goes five. You guys come back Late and win. Night. Then Friday, Spencer gets the night off. I called it, And you went three, which yeah. I totally called and thought <laughs> would happen. Uh, why five against Idaho State and then the three against Oregon State? And then you won in four the next night.
4: Yeah, I think Idaho State was a really good team. They're really strong, really tough. Um, And I think that was a good little um, awakening moment for us, just seeing, like, hey, we got to give everyone our fair game, you know, um, come out strong. But I think the um, Oregon State game coming off of that five-set match on Wednesday, we kind of knew, hey, we got to just come out here and work hard from the beginning, not going to let anyone kind of sneak in and get get into our brains, so – yeah, the only, that's the reason.
0: The only loss BYU has this season is to the now third-ranked USC Trojans. When you look at that match, where do you gauge yourselves compared to USC in in your own national ranking, which is number nine right now?
4: Right. Um, we only lost to them. We They swept us, but every game was, I think, 22 or 23, 25. So I think we're right there. And we played well, but I don't think we played our best. And so I think that's something we talk about a lot in our gym is just – we want to be peaking in December. That's our goal. So that was a great learning opportunity. We played well. We know we can compete with those with those teams, but just keep progressing every day, and in December we'll be there.
1: And now this week, you have matches Thursday and Saturday, Thursday night against that team up north mm-hmm. uh, on the Pac-12 network. You can watch that one at 9.30 Eastern time. Describe in one word the following, Utah Utes.
4: Um,
1: and that, that you can say okay. on the air.
4: Right. I know. That's why it took me a second. Um... I, rivalry. Okay, I'm, that's kind of a lame it's word. And, oh, how about that sentence? Um,
1: Your feelings about that? Those two words. Not
4: my favorites.
1: Okay. That's That's the politically correct okay. Max Hall version. <laughs> not my. <favorite. laughs> what, what? What is it about okay. playing Utah that's so fun? Because I love oh, okay, that yeah. part of it. Right.
4: Yes. People no. Are like,
1: oh, the hate! I I'm like, yeah. I love the hate. If there's such yeah, a thing. no, that's
4: totally true. Um, I don't know. It's just fun. I feel like with rivalry games it's just it's like more emotional than it is like talent i feel like sometimes because it's just you know they're going to give you your best game and especially what happened last year at our home court against utah i feel like they're a little embarrassed so i know they're going to come out really strong but i'm excited there's going to be lots of fans there at what's their stadium crimson Arena? court the crimson court mm-hmm. yes there you go so um i'm excited it's going to be a fun game it's just any other team really so.
1: But it's not. That's <laughs> that's. I know you said that, but it's not.
0: Are you the best ranked team on campus right now, McKenna? There are five ranked teams on campus right now.
4: Wasn't soccer Football, ahead of us? Yeah. But, but are, you, be- are, you, oh, so are cross country. you the best we, yes, team? Yes, we are. Okay. We are the best team right, on, yeah. on campus. a little rivalry on
1: campus. <laughs> down by the RB.
0: McKenna, thanks yep. uh, for the time. We grant you some thank BYU you. Sports Nation karma. Good I luck
4: against it. the
1: University of Utah. At least seven digs. That's Something big's going
4: to happen. Ten? Okay. Ten, that's how, ten, that's ten. how we roll.
1: Sierra, had, Sierra Parker
0: had four eights last week. Just that, that she did. Up next on BYU <laughs> Sports Nation. Well, yeah. We're done giving out the karma for now. But it will be manifested tomorrow. We take a look at the rest of what's going on across BYU Sports Nation with the Cougar Whip Around, as I mentioned, the five different ranked teams on campus right now. And who gets our rise and shout today? BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU Radio Simulcast on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Around.
1: Athletics. There are now five ranked teams on campus ranked in the top 25. Football is 19. Women's volleyball is 9. Men's cross country is 14th. Women's cross country 24th. And women's soccer is 8th. Soccer. Speaking of
0: women's soccer... Somehow the ladies win two matches and drop from number five to number eight in the newest NSCAA poll. The Cougars host Oregon State Thursday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV.
1: Men's
3: volleyball.
1: The Americans continue to shred it in the FIVB World Cup in Japan. Taylor Sander had six kills, four aces, and two blocks in the sweep of Venezuela yesterday.
0: Football. Tanner Mangum received a Heisman vote in the ESPN experts poll on
1: ESPN.com. Golf. The Cougars' women's golf team won the Tarmigan Ram Classic at 12-over yesterday. Alex White finished fourth individually, shooting even par. Moving to 13th place after day two is the men's team at the St. Mary's Invitational. Cougars look to move up again in the final round of action today. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter.
0: Help when you need it most. Dexterlaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Uh,
1: Thomas Rohrer? Is that how you say his last name? The guy that delivered, uh, you know, well, his wife, really, but uh, Thomas as well, uh, for their new baby, which was born during BYU Sports Nation. They were watching the show. That's wild. He gets our rising show.
0: (laughs) Born into the covenant of BYU Sports Nation.
1: Too much. (laughs) That was too much. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Our elite tweet of the day. At Crazy Good Fanatic. Jim Jordan's barber will have to wait at least another
1: week to get paid if BYU beats UCLA. It's true. And don't forget, coming up next, Inside BYU Football, if you missed it.
0: Our show on demand, BYUSN.com podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Richard Wilson. We're back tomorrow at noon Eastern.